Hey everybody, welcome back to the fam. Today is a special episode for me because I get to interview somebody from my own family, my dad. I wanted to have a conversation with my dad, Brian Ferguson, and I wanted us to talk about father-son relationships. And here's the thing, if you are not a father or a son, that's okay. I think today's conversation is still going to be helpful for you. We discuss communication between parents. We talk about how as parents, our work and our jobs can influence the way we show up for our kids. And we talk about a ton of other great stuff too. It's always a lot of fun with Pastor Brian on the podcast. Uh, A warning, you will hear me call my dad Brian. It's just a thing that happens. Uh, We work together sometimes and it's just easier to call him Brian. Brian really does carry the heart of God for his own kids and for all the people that are a part of his church community as well. I hope today's conversation actually brings you closer to God's heart. Thanks, Brian, for making time for the fam today. Love you lots. Let's get started. Pastor Brian, welcome to the fam. Hey, Nick. It is so good to be here hanging out with you. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure the people listening know that uh, you're Pastor Brian, but you're also my dad. But for those who don't, surprise. Yeah, that's right. And I guess that combination title came... Uh, Right from the beginning, even uh, when you were born, that I was your dad and also your pastor. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. I w- when uh, when I get to talk about my relationship with you, it's it's fun because um, not there's not many people who have their dad as a pastor, and I think that can sometimes some some people feel that having their dad as a pastor is a bit of a curse. Um, but I have never felt that way. Hmm. So um, yeah. It's been cool because it just provides another interesting layer of our relationship as father and son, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, it is. It, it's something I think you and I have woven together right from the beginning years, too. We uh, never separated those. Um, right. We kind of learned how to walk them out together. And yeah. it was new for both of us because my dad wasn't a pastor. Uh, he was a businessman and owned his own businesses and companies. and. And so, uh, yeah, yours and my relationship just kind of started off this way, and we learned how to walk it out together. It's awesome. Well, thanks for taking some time to be on the fam today. Um, We have had lots of great conversations over this first uh, series, and the way that I've kind of been uh, promoting it is that we want to have conversations on this podcast to help each other lead our families and disciple our kids through conversations with actual parents. Um, I find a lot of podcasts often try and nail down the expert and be like, all right, give us all of your expert wisdom. But I have found over the last six or seven conversations that I've had, there is just as much wisdom in the everyday life experience from the people that do, that that we feel like are just like us. Hmm. Um, And it's surprising how much we can learn from one another if we humbly approach conversations to just talk about what we're experiencing, what we're learning. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to invite you on, on onto the fam because I thought, um, well, it's all, it's all about family and we happen to be family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you share a unique perspective as a dad because, and I mean, I get to interview you as your son, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but as a, as a pastor, you also experience a huge spectrum of people and of different dads and I wonder, just as I'm kind of thinking this out loud, has your experience as a pastor changed, or or how has your experience as a pastor changed the way that you raised us as, as your kids? Like, I imagine that had a big influence on 
on the way that you parented based on, you know, the large spectrum of people that you have a little bit more of a direct window into their world through mm. your pastoral ministry. Um, mm. What was that? What was that like? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to ask the question to unpack this idea a little bit of yours and my relationship between dad and pastor and, and that type of thing. And I think for me, um, yeah, I was your dad. And so I wanted to love you. I wanted you to experience love and receive love from me. And yet uh, I wanted that, uh, how I showed up as your dad to be in congruence of how I showed up as your pastor, mm. how you saw me as a public figure, as a leader of uh, a, a body of people. And, um, I knew you'd be watching and, and I didn't want you to see any inconsistencies. So who I was as a dad then also overflowed into who I was as a pastor leader. Mm. Uh, I would say it probably went that way first and foremost. Um, then the other way huh. of I was this public figure as a pastor. And so therefore I needed to, you know, keep my reputation before you uh, as a dad. It, no, it more overflowed that this is my heart to love people and uh, you're going to see it as a dad and you're going to see it as a pastor. That's really cool. I, I actually have not totally thought about it that way, but your role in my life has always been dad first and pastor second. Mm -hmm. And I think that not because it needs, well, I, yeah, you were, you were my dad first before you were my pastor. And so it's, it's cool to hear you unpack that. Do, do you think it's possible that it's easier for dads to show up with their profession influencing their parenting. Like I think about, you know, maybe there's dads listening who um, do construction, for example, um, and they're strong, they're tough, they're dudes who experience, you know, their work environment is very different from their home environment. Or I think of dads who are, like your dad, who is a business owner, who with fast pace, worked a lot, worked a lot of hours, was around a lot of people. Um, do you think it's, uh, or, or how much do you feel like you, our professions have the ability to influence the way that we parent? Because mm. pastoring, I feel like, is an easy one to connect because it's people stuff. Yeah. But do you think our roles vocationally spill into a our parenting? Well, I think your, uh, yeah, our vocation and our work, uh, our job could easily influence how we show up, um, whether it's in our role as a dad or our role as a husband, um, a leader within our family. Any of those things could very much be influenced because if you're spending a majority of your time, uh, say through a day, away from the family, away from the kids, um, working outside of the home, and uh, therefore, yeah, there's other things like the pressures or challenges of commuting. Mm -hmm. um, then there's the complexities of whatever the vocation is, the job, the, the daily schedule and the meetings. Um, so any of that can affect us as individuals, as human beings. And then we could easily bring that back home. Mm. Um, I did uh, often have a privilege of having a, a minimum of a three-minute commute as a walk or <laughs> or a 10 minute commute as a bike ride at sometimes and just a time to uh, unwind a little bit and release and think okay I'm I'm coming home to my family to my wife and to mm. my kids and and I I want them to receive who my heart is not just what my day's experiences were made up of huh. um, and so I'd use the commute um, just to decompress a bit or un unwind and to say God you know 
there's this, but I got to give it to you because I don't want it to shape who I am as a dad if it's, it wasn't a positive experience. Hmm. And then there's other things that were very positive and exciting that I'd want to come home and share with my family and say, hey, this is where I saw God at work today and yeah. um, in my role as a pastor. So it can be it can be shaped either negatively or positively. Um, and there's the physical exhaustion, the emotional tensions, all of that that comes and uh, I think your mom and I very, learned very early and, and desired to um, not carry all the weights into marriage or into family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean we shielded or protected you from it, but we right. filtered you and how, how we let it influence us to influence you guys. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's cool. I like how you touched on the commuting being a space where you can kind of uh, process through and sort of... Uh, yeah, just process what to help make the transition from mm-hmm. work life to home life. And I actually remember a couple of times where uh, you would have ridden your bike into work um, more recently because we've been on staff together now for uh, three years or yeah. or so um, here at Koinonia. And I remember sometimes being like, "Oh, do you want to ride?" And like, "Uh, no, I'll ride my bike. Like, just need that." And we were going back to the same house. I could have definitely yeah. driven you home, um, but that in, that time on the commute was important to disconnect and process and pray mm-hmm. i wonder if you could maybe uh say more about that like how do you go about separating the weight of your work life mm. um so that it doesn't have a negative effect into your home life mm-hmm. uh, i think it, it what helps with it is my already established relationship with god um mm. so it's a daily relationship it's a moment by moment relationship. Um, it's conversational. My prayer is. And, uh, and so part of my regular relationship with God is knowing his word and what he says. And so he says, Hey, bring your burdens to me, you know, lay Mm. them down at my feet, Um, take them off, like unyoke yourself from the weight of trying to work and strain on your own. And he actually says, take on my yoke. So let's be yoked together and, and you'll see how it's so much easier. And so, um, whether it's in my daytime schedule and, and meetings or, um, that, that I feel some of the weight or the pressure, I can still, I've started my day dialogue with God and, and then can carry that dialogue on saying, Lord, man, this is, this could crush me. This weighs heavy on my heart or my mind. But I don't want it to, and I don't want it to overshadow um, dinner time when we sit down together, or right. the evening if we're hanging out to, as a family. And and so I would just dialogue with God on the way home and say, Lord, how do I? What do I do with this? And I'd often feel Him just like a father, which He is, my father, then saying, I, I got this. I'll I'll carry it. Um, it's more often I didn't want to give it up because I I was holding on to something or. Um, but when I recognize what God teaches in his word and, and draws on me on my heart, he's really wanted me just to release those tensions to him. And uh, it doesn't mean they're out of, out of sight, out of mind, or just not my responsibility more. But, but I can lay them at his feet and he can carry the weight and the burden of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel him then do what, what also he teaches in his word is his grace. He gives me a fresh infusion of grace. Uh, just a reminder of grace that, Brian, my grace is sufficient for you. Um, you can walk out still life with your family and and this other issue that you've laid at my feet, I'll, I'll hang on to it and we'll address it together later. But for right now, yeah, just just be a dad and, and, and walk into that. And 
lots of times uh, you probably didn't weren't aware of the the depth of the weight of stuff I was carrying. Most times, <laughs> yeah, as much as you maybe are now, as we're on a team together. Um, but uh, but that's how I would just do it and say, God, this is yours. And and I wasn't perfect at it. You know, I probably internalized some of it as I probably didn't give over as much as God desired me to. Um, but just having those conversations with him were big. And 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 then repeating truth is, is he said, my grace is sufficient. I'd say, God, remember you said this, so I'm going to hold you to it. And, and I need it right now. And so that's somehow I would I would. Uh, and you can do my... all of that on a 10 minute drive home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Probably not in my beginning years. I learned to do it in a condensed time period. Huh. Um, that's funny you say that. Maybe that's why God positions some people further away from home and work because they, <laughs> they, they need longer to work it out. But, but I, <laughs> yeah, if you live more than 10 minutes from your workplace, that's God letting you know that you can spend more time with him on your drive. <laughs> yeah, don't get home yet. Yeah, maybe that's what traffic jams are all about. And actually, it was sometimes I'd get in a traffic jam when I was going other places. And I think, okay, God, how do you want me to spend this time right now when I'm not in control of getting the traffic moving, you know? And so I would actually do that in shortened commutes. Okay, God, we've only got five minutes or 10 minutes. How do you want me to walk this through or deal with this? And, and yeah, just over time, God just taught me how to release it to him, how to listen quickly. Because, you know, he's our creator. So he can so instantly hmm. remove something and, uh, and then bring us what we need. Uh, what's coming to my heart and mind now is a memory that um, I remember hearing out of uh, Experiencing God and Henry Blackaby. And Henry quoted, stated this, made this statement that I quote, um, God can do more in a year of your life than you can do with your whole lifetime. Hmm. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, if, if God can do that, that it, more in a year, then why don't I give him a year rather than me trying to work my whole life? Hmm. Then I heard Heidi Baker say it in a similar way that she learned very clearly in a father heart moment. And she said, um, God can do more in an hour than I could do in a year. <laughs> and so I began to depress that down further. And so I began to think, well, if he can do it in, in more in a year and he could do more in an hour, God could do more in seconds than I could with an hour. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so therefore it computes to 10 minutes. Like God can do more in those 10 minutes that I could do whatever. And so that began to be my faith posture, believing in him that no, he's got this. He could carry it because he wants me to also be a dad and a husband who's engaged and and in uh, in hearing from you guys. What did you experience today and what did you learn? And so our lives could mesh together rather than be separate as mm. we as we come under the same roof at the end of the day. I remember hearing you share that quote with me so many times when I'd be working through something and I would be like, Dad. God is just taking way too long on this for me. And you're like, well, son, you know, I need to go up that line. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And it's so true, right? That it's, he can. It is. It, yeah. But it's a learning process and a trusting process mm. to allow him to do it within that year or that hour or that 10 minutes um, that sometimes we just want to make the problem bigger. And no, actually, let's just see what God's perspective is because it looks a whole lot different from his vantage point. Oh, that's so good. Mm. Um I would love to dive in a little bit to our relationship as son and, and dad um, because I know that there's there's dads that listen to this podcast that have their own sons and um, I wonder if we could maybe share a little bit of how and, and talk together about how can fathers and sons, how can you develop a relationship together because there's a lot, I know, 
I mean, I had friends growing up that their dad was just their dad. He went to work, he mm-hmm. came home, he was like, you know, he was involved in their life, but he was kind of in charge. And it wasn't as relational as what I experienced with you. Mm-hmm. And and so then growing up, I, and even now as adults, I can confidently say that you are my dad, but I can also say that you're my friend. Like, mm-hmm. We go, we go for bike rides together and we yeah. laugh about stuff and, mm-hmm. and we talk about, you know, the things that are heavy on our hearts and, and, and things mm-hmm. about our now my own family I get to share with you. And um, how, uh, uh, maybe I was going to say, how can dads develop a friendship with their son? But maybe first I should say, should that be the case? Hmm. Hmm. I, yeah, I, um, I think it can be the case. Um uh, and and you and I are friends, not like buddy buddy. Um, right. There's we have this relationship that, and and it's been something that's grown as as we've aged together. Mm-hmm. Um, Twenty three years in the making. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> not short. <laughs> and what I think in it was, I didn't come into our relationship with the perception that I am the all knowing one. You are the infant, and will always be lacking and behind me, Hmm. I will impart to you everything I know. And hopefully you could do as good as I can. You know, Hmm. Uh, I came into the relationship saying, um, Whoa, God, you entrust one of your gifts, your sons into my hands, my family, my care. Father, what do you, how do you want me to care for this child and love him and raise him and, and, and recognizing that I didn't have all the answers when I was a father uh, at the age of 26, I think, when you were born. And, and and so I just admitted that to God as I don't know at all. And this is my first round at it. And here we go. And and so then it was just I was open to always learn and say, Lord, teach me. And there was times he taught me things through you hmm. and uh, and through your relationship with your mom. That was always cool to watch. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't experience it like that. So that's new insight for me. And and so I remember just uh, having that desire to learn and to grow. And and I think it had been something taught to me, again, going back to the pastor and the father aspect, that as a pastor, if you come into the uh, onto the platform and step up to the pulpit like you are know-it-all, um, God's probably going to humble you there with your arrogance. Mm. <laughs> and so when I was taught that way as a, as a leader in the church, I also just brought that into the home and thought, if I show up with arrogance, like I know it all and I know more than my wife or I know more than my kids, and um, my I'm going to be exposed to the fallacy of that and humbled and probably embarrassed in the moment. (laughs) So it began to be a journey of you and I just learning together. And um, yeah, there was things I knew how to do that you didn't and an experience that you never had and that I could impart that you, you were still waiting to receive. But it was like the Holy Spirit did it to us did that moment of connection more supernaturally? Um, I mean, he used the moment to deepen our hearts together mm-hmm. because we both were, you were coming submitted as a son and I want to learn dad and grow for most of your life, not all of it. And uh, I was coming as a submitted son to my heavenly father saying, how do I raise this? This is a gift you've put in my hands. I don't know how long I have him for, mm. but you've given him to me and you've entrusted him. So how do you want me to lead him and care for him? And so I, I would imagine it's part of that relationship, that, that approach that helped our relationship is you didn't see me coming as lording myself over you because right. I could have easily oh, um, yeah. as a pastor, spiritual leader, as a 
father and the age I was and some of that. Yeah, totally. But I came saying, hey, no, I love you. Let's explore life together. Let's learn together. And there's probably times you thought I was imparting stuff to you that I was actually a student learning from my heavenly father while you were learning some neat insights from your earthly father. So I think it was the approach of how uh, to the, toward our relationship that allowed us to grow deeper as friends yeah. at the same time as we respectfully grew as father and son. Mm. Yeah, I think, um, and as I think about my perspective as a son and how our relationship has developed, when I was younger, I... Um, just came to you to talk about stuff and I remember I specifically remember when my mom when yeah when I had a question about life and I went to my mom and she asked her and she was like you know you should really ask your dad that question because he's a guy and and I'm not (laughs) and uh and so then I was like oh yeah okay that makes sense so then I came and asked I don't even remember what, what what it was specifically or the encounter but but I remember that moment still and then feel like that was kind of one of the moments where things shifted for me in our relationship. And you became the one that I went to when I was scared, confused, uh, struggling with feeling guilty or those kinds of things. And, mm-hmm. and so I'd bring those to you. And, and then I didn't really stop doing that mm-hmm. as I got older. No, you never stopped. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so, and, and I think that was part of the, what, what helped us grow was as a kid, I, I, I never, not that I didn't stop being a kid and didn't stop seeing you as my dad, but the value of what you had to invest into my life, I think was always, I always saw it and mm-hmm. I, maybe I wouldn't have consciously seen it, mm-hmm. um, but there was something about the way that you humbly presented yourself to me um and made yourself available to me that then i was like oh wow yeah okay like dad knows what he's talking about Mm. and if he doesn't he's probably praying about it as i'm talking to him yeah Yeah. that's what i was just gonna say is is some of the times we got together most of the times we got together when you had those kind of questions or were wondering um i didn't come with my uh answers to all kids questions uh, pocketbook, you know, <laughs> in my back pocket, and pull it out and refer to it. Right. Yeah. I was literally praying and I'm like, okay, God, what, what's he going to ask? And, oh, yes, that. Okay. Lord need some wisdom for how to answer this. And, you yeah. know, and it was always amazing how God would often give us great conversations and insights and illustrations. And we'd both be wowed. You just didn't know I was as wowed as much as you were <laughs> um, that, oh God, that's so good. And yeah. And I think that again comes out of daily walking with God. Hmm. And so if I, that was my heart's desire as a, as a single man and then as a married man and, and then as a new father, it was, God, I want to keep walking with you because I'm going to need what you have for my life and others are going to need it. And so, um, so therefore it just began to, yeah, unfold just as automatically yeah. <laughs> um, because we'd talk and yet we weren't alone. Um, we believe that the spirit of God is with us, that the Holy Spirit was there and giving us and he was one who would guide us and teach us all things and 
And so he, he literally did that as we had conversation and we were open to it. And, and sometimes we prayed, right? And sometimes we yeah, didn't. Right. And sometimes we probably prayed because we didn't have the answer together. Right. And I wasn't worried that you would think less of me as a dad because I didn't have the answer. And I don't think you were worried that you didn't have the answer yet that you, to your question. And mm. you Well, were... and that actually taught me as well that because sometimes our only conclusion to whatever question we were wrestling with was prayer, that taught me that, you know, sometimes I'm going to come away from something and not not have the answer that I want or any answer at all, but that I could always turn to my Heavenly Father for that. And um, I guess we learned that out of necessity. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now it's, it's, I mean, I know that that is the way that you lead and live as a, as a dad and as a pastor, and that is becoming so a part of my um life and leadership as well is like yeah okay i'm not gonna have the answer to every question here but i can turn to my heavenly father and and you know submit that to yeah him. and let me point out too nick while you were learning that you there were times you're good and frustrated <laughs> that you didn't have an answer <laughs> can, can right? you think of any specific ones i am i'm thinking of uh when you were were wanting to have a girlfriend yeah. in high school and uh and you were just like ah oh, you know, I want a girlfriend. I just want a, a good close friend that I could talk with and understand and care about and cares about me kind of approach. And, yeah. And, um, and as you would, I'd say, okay, well let's, let's pray about that. Right. And I think you respectfully said, okay, you know, but I could see you weren't satisfied with the, what did God say? Did he say, go pursue a girlfriend or did he see, wait, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, and then you, and it was, whether it was the next day or the end of the week, you'd come home and you'd be like, oh dad, I'm so glad I don't have a girlfriend yet. I'm glad I'm not <laughs> dating in grade 10. Those kind of relationships take so much emotional energy. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess you got your answer, eh? And you'd be like, yep, I did. And then the next week you'd be like, ah, oh, but it'd be so nice to have a girlfriend. <laughs> and then we press into it again and pray. And so your answers didn't always come quickly or, you know, as, uh, as clear as you wanted. But I watched God give you your answers as you waited on him and trusted him mm. that he he would guide you and then sure enough when the right girl came along um yeah your dating was actually quite short and yeah uh, because you just connected with her so clearly and in god's presence and affirmation was on that relationship so quickly yeah that it moved then to engagement and marriage and uh yeah i can almost guarantee that some dads who are listening right now are like whoa a grade 10 kid would ask his dad about that. Mm. Um, and that might feel funny. Some dads might yeah. be like, I don't want to talk about that with my son. <laughs> and other dads might be feeling, I wish my son would talk to me about this. Yeah. Um, how would you encourage a dad who wants to develop that kind of relationship with his son? Yeah. Um, what I would say is start early for those of you who are new dads or going to be dads and um, are just dads with very young kids is, is do it now. Um, mm. uh, even, even praying for your kids before they're born, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, in your relationship. But then as you have it and you're holding them cause they're up in the night crying is, is take that moment and just pray over them. And, uh, it'll take some of your frustration away from crying, the crying <laughs> part. And, and, uh, but start early, um, for those dads who are further along is start now. Mm. Um, and one of the things you can't, catch up from the past right but what you can do is step into the moment and make yourself available and uh, I, I 
a danger or a concern, a caution for some dads who maybe are have kids who are reaching junior high age and they're like, oh my goodness, I haven't done this intentionally, is to then force themselves. Like, here I am, mm. you know, kids, I'm going to be your dad. I'm going to turn around today. I'm different dad than yesterday. And the kids won't change that quick. They, they can't accept you. It's got to be a process, right? And I think that's why God gives us uh, newborns so that we can grow up with our kids huh. and our relationship can grow together rather than a stork dropping them off at 12 years old and you both have to figure each other out. So recognize that Hmm. if you're on a journey and your kids are further along in age is then just start that day and ask God, God, how do I show my kids that I can be here for them, that I want to be here for them and listen to God, let him give you the ideas. Hmm. He may give uh, an incredible example, uh, an idea of a gift or an outing or a journey Um, And again, he can do more in an hour than you could do in a year. So just say, God, I got an hour with my kids or I've got the weekend with them. How do you want us to spend this intentional time? Um, And and that's what I do a lot is ask God, how how do I want me to how do you want me to make use of this time with my family, with my kids on my own? And we did that, right? We we even had weekends away together, just you and I and your brother and and uh, just saying, okay, God, what's this weekend going to look like? Let's go on an adventure with God together, you know? And so just taking the time to, uh, or asking God how to use the time he's given you. And so it doesn't matter what age and stage they are. God can give you wisdom and he can touch your kid's heart so that they can receive and you you have a connection there. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's so great. I, 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 like, I like how you said, just, just start now and... Now it doesn't matter what age your kids are, but mm-hmm. depending on the age of your kids, it's going to change the way that you approach it. True. Um, yeah. yeah, because you're, you know, 15-year-old son, if you come in, you're like, son, tell me about, you know, the girls in your class or whatever. They'll be like, whoa, get out of here, dude. Like, what do you... But one of the themes that's come up through all my conversations so far, especially with teenagers, is that the more everyday life that we can do with our kids, the more opportunities there's going to be for us to speak into their lives in everyday moments. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a scheduled, you know, weekend away or a, um, you know, an, a calendar invite, like, you know, deep talk Sunday night, like 7 yeah. p.m. Yeah. Because that just feels weird for everybody. Yeah. Um, and so by doing real life with our with our kids or even kids with with your dad provides the moments for those heart connections that then lay the foundation for yeah deeper and and i think as you touch on that i'm reminded of deuteronomy 6 i think it is where um the instructions came uh to moses to give to the people and and the instructions were moses tell them to teach their kids when they walk along the road Mm. when they get up in the morning when they lay down at night just and to me, that was like, oh, so teach them an everyday activity. <laughs> right. Um, sometimes uh, as, as, as fathers, as mothers, we sometimes think, okay, we've got the Bible and we've got our kids. How do we get the Bible into our kids? <laughs> and, and we want to teach them a verse or sit them down for a devotional. And, and verses are great to memorize. Devotionals are so good to do. But if it's force-fed, it'll probably go in one end and come out the other. Um, but when we just say, you know, let's let's think about this weekend as we're away together and let's just see where God shows up in one. Because you only need one God moment hmm. that would connect your hearts together as parents and children. And it, it'll speak volumes of how great the whole weekend was versus if you come and say, OK, sit down, everyone. We're going to spend time reading the Bible for an hour. 
Um, again, is that good? Absolutely. It's the Bible. It's the word of God. It's great. Right. But if God says, oh, actually, I, can you save that? And I'm going to give it to you in a in a 30-second nugget that your kid's going to remember more later on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Well, what so. comes to mind is when we were younger, uh, you planned a weekend with me and Jeremiah, my younger brother, and we went away to, we called it the cabin. Yeah. Uh, it was a friend's place up in the woods or something. Yeah. And so we went up there for some adventures, and we went for a hike uh, near Eugenia Falls, I think, right? That's right, yeah. And so we, I remember you were like, all right, guys, we can follow the trail or we can go down here off the trail and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So we opted for going off the trail and we were hiking up through the river and over boulders and stuff. And I remember it was like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't getting late, but depending on what direction we decided to go in was going to determine how, uh, hard of a time we had getting out of this gorge that we were in before the sunset right? yeah before yeah. before it got dark yeah. and uh and so i remember you were just like all right guys well let's pray and just ask god what direction we should go in because we really didn't know totally where we were mm-hmm. and i was how old would i have been like i think you're 10 or 10 or 11 yep so i was old enough to feel like okay this is a little bit cheesy or like oh yeah let's ask god you know i was like right on the the, yeah. the turning point of what is the deal with this and looking back on that moment i wasn't young enough to be like yeah god let's you know put an arrow in the sky for us yeah. but also i wasn't I, I i wasn't like i didn't write it off either that god would want to direct us in that moment mm-hmm. and uh and so anyway we prayed and we decided which way to go and we're climbing up. It was a steep, yeah. Like, yeah. And and as you set this up, it's interesting. I remember, I, I forgot about us praying in that moment. Um, yeah. Because I thought it'd be a moment where I could teach you guys about. Yeah, let's ask God for if if He has a warning for us, we can hear it as we pray. And I remember as we finished the prayer, I'm like, "Well, boys, what do you think? Should we uh, go back down the the creek and walk our way through, or should we just go straight up the incline?" And uh, you and Jeremiah both said, I think we should climb. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take that as it's a good sign because you're both into it. And uh, and this is not like a, a, a hill. This was like... No, this was uh, literally, yeah, like um, it wasn't like a rock face cliff or anything, but right. it was v- the next thing closest to it. We had to hold on to trees and roots to, to keep climbing a straight incline up. <laughs> yeah, so we're climbing up this embankment. And I, I remember because... We had, this was when we didn't have cell phones with cameras. We had digital cameras. Yes. And uh, so I had the camera all weekend and I was taking videos and stuff. And we're like halfway up this, like, it's like, it's steep enough that if you fell, you wouldn't stop falling. Yeah. And it was probably about 40 or 50 feet high that we had to climb out of this creek bed up. And so at the top of the embankment was an actual like rock face portion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and so I remember specifically... I was at the bottom and you were kind of in the middle and I kind of helped push Jeremiah up to you and you were like, all right, I have it on video. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah's wearing a yellow shirt and you were like, okay, if you see a yellow thing come flying by, make sure you grab it. (laughs) (laughs) And so sure enough, like four seconds after that, Jeremiah, you just hear him, ah, and there's like this rustling and I like grab him and I'm like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he had fallen down or slipped or whatever. (laughs) 
And if I wasn't there, he would have he would have <laughs> kept going. Away. Hey, don't tell your mom that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but those were funny adventures that we went on, and mm-hmm. it's I love how the two takeaways that I have from that trip is you know Jeremiah almost falling down that was <laughs> yeah. hilarious, but also that I can pray about stuff. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be weird. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be like super spiritual but that god wants to be a part of my everyday life and that was just something that looking back i can see that i learned from that moment because Hmm. i remembered that we prayed about it and you didn't and you always remember when we pray about (laughs) stuff yeah Yeah, and it's interesting i i didn't but yet our as you started to tell the story i'm like oh i can remember both yours and jeremiah's answers but yeah i think we should climb and uh and it, we didn't we didn't stop and hold hands and pray. We no, didn't pray like didn't a, a long eyes. prayer. It was just kind of like pause. God's with us. Let's ask Him, and onward we go. And and you're right. So it's cool that that was your, one of your takeaways from that weekend trip. Totally. Yeah. Um. So we'll wrap up here in the next couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. But I I think it's going to be I think it's important for us to acknowledge that, um, while our relationship as a father and son is very special. Um, and we've been really intentional to to steward our our relationship. Um, I'm confident that there's some people listening who don't have a great relationship with their dad, mm-hmm. um, or there's dads listening that that want that and and don't have a great relationship with their son. Um, I wonder if there's any like encouragement or um, anything you want to sh- sh- speak into about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, it's a part of uh, the everyday world, and um, whether it's relationships with our kids or our parents, or uh, other extended family or friends yeah. or other people in our church, um, because we're humans and none of us are perfect, um, there's going to be the potential for relationships to go sideways, um, and also because it's God's will and desire for us to be in community with others. There is the enemy of God, Satan, who wants to do everything he can to pull us apart or to keep us from having solid relationship. Mm. And so the sad reality is in our broken world that that's um, very existent, uh, very prevalent, that there's broken relationships. And and I, I know it's hard for parents to walk that out when their kids don't want to receive from them. Um, a statement I heard you make is... Um, Parents are kind of like a, a well of life, and you can draw from the well, or you can ignore the well. Hmm. I said that? Yeah. Huh. So it was. Don't quote me word for word, but it was of that idea. And you said um, some kids draw more from the well than others. Huh. And uh, and you were one who definitely drew from the well, uh, made it available for you, and, and you drew from it. And uh, relationship and wisdom and prayer and time spent. But not all kids do that. I recognize that. And that's hard. And uh, what I think is parents don't stop offering the well. Hmm. Um, continue to make the well a source they can come and draw from. Yeah, source of life. Yeah. And whether that's to draw from it as a young age, a teenage years, young adult, or it might be later on um, that, that kids come back to dip in the well and go, I think I didn't respect and, and treat this, this source as valuable as it was in my life. And, and so for a parent to hang on to that, um, God gave you your kids, uh, not for a, a season of life or a moment, but for a lifetime that he would determine. And, um, and therefore, um, 
you know, just continuing to be available with that, with that well. And the other part that um, really helped me overcome any fears when you guys were young, like what happens if something happens to one of my kids? What if they get sick? What if they die in an accident? Fall down a steep embankment. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and it's a, it's a sad outcome. Um, one of my, one of the things that helped was to very early on, I remember your mom and I praying when each of you were born and saying, God, you gave us this child. It actually is your child. It's a gift from you. You have entrusted us to raise this child and do life with them. Um, but father, they're yours. And, and so at any point they could be taken out of my life and, and therefore I want to keep my hands open um, as I hold this child before you. Mm. Um, and at the same time, I don't know where the outcome of their life is going to be. So God, um, I trust them into your care. You, they're your, your son and daughter to raise and to guide and to lead. And you're going to do some of that through me as an earthly father. Um, but ultimately you love them way more than I do. Mm. And so, uh, I know I love them and how could anyone love them more? Well, the only person who could possibly love them more is you, <laughs> Because you want to spend eternity with this child and you had them born for this reason to, to start now and, and live their life into eternity with you. And so that idea that God cares about you way more than I do. So for moms and dads listening right now, God cares about your kids and loves them more than you do. So rather than judging or critiquing your kids or what they haven't been or shouldn't have been or telling them what they're not, is just turn to your Heavenly Father and lift them up and say, God... Keep drawing this child to you so that they can know you and experience you and and receive from you. So that for the parent, that's what I encourage that way. Yeah. I wonder if I could maybe jump in for the next mm-hmm. part because um, I'm thinking about this from the perspective of a son. And, and to, keep, to continue with the well analogy, uh, God is a, a father. And he designed the idea and concept of father and son. And that was his design. Yeah. Um, And so if as a son, you don't have that kind of relationship where you feel like your parents are a well that you can draw from, that doesn't mean that there isn't a well that you can draw from that God will provide for you, that he will make available. Because, um, meaning in another relationship, whether that is... You know, a leader in your church or a, another family member or, um, you know, just a close friend. Like, God designed the concept of fatherhood. And he also knew that um, dads aren't going to be perfect all the time. Yeah. And so I really do believe that if, as a son, you genuinely want that relationship with 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 your own dad, I'm, I'm, it's, pray for pray for it. <laughs> um you know, start start yeah. start praying for your dad. Start asking. Start talking about that with God. But also remember that there, that God will provide other wells, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, for you to draw life from. Yeah. Um, yeah. Outside of your relationship with your dad. Yeah, that's good. And it's so true, Nick. That um, for any kids who may be listening, whatever age you are, an adult kid <laughs> um, that don't have that tight relationship with mom or dad that uh, you're exactly right, that God can still bring that that well source to you in different ways. Um, and he can also speak through you to your parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, not something you have to conjure up or do, but... Um, Don't start preaching. <laughs> to bring it back to the pastor-dad role is, uh, 
not only was I your father and pastor, but I was to my dad, I was a son, but I was also his pastor. Mm. And uh, my dad, earthly dad, uh, shared with me things that I taught him that he didn't know. Wow. Um, and I don't take the credit for that. I recognize what God did in his and my relationship to impart stuff to him. And, and he learned about community and, and relationship and how to walk his faith out. And he learned how to love and hug his sons, which he had never experienced from his father. Mm-hmm. So he didn't offer it to us, but we taught him how to, to hug it out as father and son. That's so cool. So, yeah, so God can use different avenues to mend and, and build your relationships again. And that will be on God's timing because I know that mm. for you and your dad, that didn't happen until really the last couple of years of his life. Yeah, that's right. Yep, that's another. That'll be part two of our uh, podcast, uh, sharing the story of that. Yeah, living with my dad again in the last two years of his life. Mm, man, well, I can't wait. Thanks so much, <laughs> Brian, for dad for yep. being on the fam. You're welcome, uh, Nick, my son. <laughs> I so appreciate doing life with you and learning together and, uh, and, and serving God together and building his kingdom is really special. So thanks for sharing your wisdom today. Yeah. Thanks for asking me, uh, calling on me today and every day so we can keep doing life together. Love you, son. Yeah. Love you too, dad. Dad, thank you so much for that conversation. I'm really looking forward to part two. Something I always admire about Brian is how in the moment his relationship with God is in his leadership, his parenting, or just in his friendships, Brian is literally always praying, always listening, and always being led by the Holy Spirit. Thanks, Brian, for being a great example of God's heart for his kids. Love you lots. If you have been a part of the fam for a while, you'll know that last week I asked if you guys have any questions. We would love to hear what questions you have about family life, about parenting, about leading your families. And so if you have a question, I want you to email us. You can email us at hello at thefam.ca and we're going to take your questions and we might even record a question and response episode. We'll see what happens. If you've been enjoying this podcast, we would love for you to rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts. And while you're doing that, why don't you share it? Share it with a friend and that is a great way that we can help each other lead our families and disciple our kids. Thanks so much for joining the fam today. We will see you next time.